This is a presentation of the Pitch Podcast Network. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Streetwise Podcast. I am your host, Brock Wilbur. This is an extension of the Pitch in Kansas City. I am the Editor-in-Chief of The Pitch, which is why I get to talk on here. Hello, how is everyone doing? I already know, because we're all, I think, in the same spot. That um, that was awful. This has been just an awful time. Uh, what what a just a hell of a week. Uh, what a reminder of just uh, how much work there is ahead of us uh, to make this the sort of place that it would make any sense uh, to raise children in. It is it is really scary out there, and um, I know that we are all processing things in our own way. Um, certainly on our end, that has taken the form of uh, reaching out to a lot of politicians and really repeatedly asking, no, but what are you actually going to do about this thing that just keeps happening here? Um, so it's... Uh, Complicated, difficult time. So today's show, we're gonna we're gonna keep it kind of light. Give you at least some place in media <laughs> where things uh, are are at least trying to focus on some of the good right now, which is uh, what we try to hope to be most of the time. So um, have a pretty fun one here for you today. Uh, we're gonna talk to my friend Bree uh, in the interview segment. We have Nick's music corner as always. But first up, our friend Jason from Stolen Dress Entertainment. Uh, is reading an article from our May issue uh, called The Good Batch, uh, and it is about bad guys doing very good things uh, here in the city. So, uh, Jason, take it away. The Good Batch. The 501st Legion Star Wars cosplayers make the city a better place. By Michael Kripe. In St. Louis, there was a horrific car accident. A 12-year-old boy survived. The crash killed his parents and his brother was left in critical condition. His grandfather had only one plan for how to provide a spark of joy that would distract the shell-shocked kid from the apocalyptic situation he was attempting to navigate. He called for help from the one thing that unequivocally cracks a smile on anyone's face, a little magic from a galaxy far, far away. The boy's grandpa didn't call for the aid of a lightsaber-wielding Jedi. Instead, he reached out to Rich Heffernan, a professional Darth Vader and the commander of the 70th Explorer's Garrison. The Garrison is a branch of a global nonprofit called the 501st Legion, a Star Wars cosplay group that does live action roleplay for charity. This was precisely the kind of mission that Heffernan and his stormtroopers gear up to engage. Without a second thought, a squad of troopers was ready to march. Heffernan took the opportunity to provide a spark of hope, despite the concerns of the hospital holding the child. Official policy was to keep weekday visits to a minimum. But no one wants to tell a group of hard-headed stormtroopers what they can and cannot do. We got in trouble for it, but we didn't care, Heffernan says with a laugh. They weren't mean or anything, they just kind of scolded me for a little bit. The grandparent forewarned the squadron of soldiers that the kid they were engaging with might not respond at all. He was nearly catatonic from processing such excessive tragedy. We went in there and we had the kid out, walking around, talking, jumping, Heffernan says, completely 100% turned from what we were told to expect. While the Galactic Empire isn't exactly known as a beacon of positivity, the garrison's hospital visits are a common occurrence, as are its hosted pancake breakfasts and group marches by the houses of ill children. 
the 500 First is known for launching an eclectic series of public events, always with the intention of raising funds for various charitable organizations. Just as with any great Star Wars story, it's the individual, meaningful moments that leave an impression. Like invading a children's hospital to brighten the day of one traumatized child, no matter how many administrators stand in its way. It's a raiding party of joy. Seeing him light up like that, this is why I do it, Heffernan says. The Power of the Dark Side The 501st is a real-life organization, based on a fictional group of elite soldiers commanded by the most infamous Sith Lord himself, Darth Vader. Referred to as Vader's First in Star Wars lore, these comically ineffective henchmen form an army that is hell-bent on maintaining the fascist status quo. In Kansas City, these joyful recreationists want to do anything but. I would say 80% of what we do is actually related in some way, shape, or form either to supporting or trying to actually generate money for charity, Heffernan says. His garrison functions as a branch of an exponentially larger, expansive 501st nonprofit. There are 175 members in Missouri and Kansas, with 75 residing in KC alone. The 14,495 registered 501st members stationed across the globe spend much of their time dressed up as stormtroopers, Imperial Royal Guards, and other villain-aligned infantry. Still, it's admittedly a bit jarring to see Darth Vader pocket his force-choking hand to go on an Easter egg hunt, while bounty hunters hand out baskets. If we know of a nonprofit or event that needs the participation, we'll seek it out, says 70th Explorers Garrison Firehawk squad leader Jim Thane. We'll do Star Wars Day at Kauffman Stadium and Planet Comic Con, but we'll also show up to a terminally ill child's birthday in the middle of the week at 6 in the evening. Kansas Cityans might spot seemingly ominous platoons of stormtroopers walking in parades, participating in Step Up for Down Syndrome, or working with Children's Mercy Hospital. Many 501st events focus on the overall experience, but they do aim to raise money for those in need whenever possible. At Planet Comic Con 2019, the group brought in $2,500. They also offer special interactions for a price, from standard photo ops to the endlessly satisfying Blast to Trooper, where would-be rebels only need three things, a few bucks, a nerf gun, and sharp aim. Nailing the bucket heads with a dart is fun on its own, but garrison member Christopher Hyde says some light taunting might be the best way to keep nerf gunners engaged. Every kid is a little different, Hyde says. Some are even scared to approach us. I've taken off my helmet to show kids that I'm just a regular person underneath, so they know we're all here to have a good time. The 2019 Comic-Con funds were submitted to Kansas City Hospice and Camps for Kids, while an additional $1,500 from Comic-Con 2021 went to St. Luke's Hospital. In addition to local contributions, a percentage of fiscal intake is sent upchain to a National 501st Collaborative Endowment Fund, established for Make-A-Wish. The Garrison's national participants have contributed $2,093 to that fund, which currently sits at $323,256 of its projected $501,000 goal. It's all part of the 501st charity umbrella. Bad guys doing good. A hive of scum and villainy. Whether Trooper, Vader, or something more vile, each cosplayer must have their self-crafted costumes approved if they want to join the Legion. Outfit production can cost the participants up to thousands of dollars, depending on the character being replicated and the level of dedication to detail. To get approved with the clubs, your costume has to be what we call film-ready, Hyde, who moonlights as Darth Revan, explains. So if you were asked to walk onto a Star Wars set, you would not look out of place. Sometimes that does give the misrepresentation that we're very strict on our costuming and gatekeeping, but it's not so much we're gatekeeping, we just have a set of standards. Hyde, Heffernan, Thane, and the other thousands of 501st members put hundreds of hours into perfecting costumes and attending events, but they don't get paid for the work they do. The 74 members in Kansas City all have their own interests, careers, and families to go home to, but Star Wars is the passion that binds them. 
Between the blaster fights and squad meetings, Hyde is a warehouse worker at Amazon, and Thane is a claim adjuster. Heffernan, the head of 500 First Operations for Two States, is an IT professional. While Star Wars fans may not ever agree on the direction the franchise should take, the 501st is too focused on creating the perfect outfit to be bothered by the discourse. At least for her part, Lael Holloway doesn't get too cross-jig-eyed about it. Holloway collaborates with the Garrison as a member of the Rebel Legion and Mandalorian Mercs, two groups that are part of the Star Wars cosplaying community, but are not officially affiliated with the 501st. She joined in March of last year after her son created a Captain Rex armor set that was approved at the height of lockdowns in April 2020. Holloway says new spinoffs such as The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus simply add to the addictive art of costume making. For example, I have the Mandalorian armorer costume from The Mandalorian Season 1, and she also appeared in The Book of Boba Fett Episode 5, Holloway says. I immediately was drawn to, what did they change? How is it different, and what kind of differences are there? Is it something I could easily do, to have a second costume that is both things? Or is it changed enough that you would have to have two separate costumes? Blastem. You'll find the 501st's mission statement on its website. Some fans collect action figures, others want to become action figures. With its collective action in the community, the group certainly falls into the latter category. These satires of faux war criminals are, somehow, the heroes Casey deserves. I enjoy building the costumes, but it's really about the charity events, meeting people, and making the world a better place, Thane says. I don't think there's anybody in our group that would say anything different. We're close-knit here in Kansas City. Yes, the 501st is held together at the literal seams, and there's no sign that it won't keep growing in its darkly comedic contributions to the city, the organizations that can always use more support, and individual children that might need a little spark of joy at their lowest point. One of my peers said it really well. This is where your passion meets your purpose, Holloway says about posing as intergalactic police stationed in Missouri. From first order gear to TIE fighter pilot attire, every plastic-coated commando hopes to make a difference in someone's life. Anyone can submit a request for a public appearance, but instead of payment, the 501st asks those interested to donate toward one of the suggested organizations, which you can find via its website and social media pages. The 501st 70th Explorers Garrison just made its 14th appearance at Planet Comic Con Kansas City. Check its online event calendar for other opportunities to catch up to the cosplayers in person. And as always, if you have someone in your orbit who could use a supportive rating party, don't hesitate to send a transmission to your friendly neighborhood Death Star. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Nick's Music Corner. Hello, I'm Nick Spacek, music editor for The Pitch, here with this week's local music recommendation. If you've listened to Katie Gian and the Drive's Battles EP, released at the end of 2021, you have an idea as to what you might expect when their full-length debut album, Another One Gained, drops on August 19th. While frontwoman Gian's guitar playing is as strong as it has been since her time in Katie Gian and the Girls, these songs are less a showcase for instrumentalism than for her potent lyrics. The latest single from Katie Gian and the Drive, Set in Stone, was in fact written shortly after her longtime band announced their final show, when Gian was, quote, struggling to find the next step in her career and personal life, while longing for a past sense of stability, end quote. The song's anchored by drummer Stephanie Williams' deliberate rhythms and conveys, as Gian says in a press release, that feeling of defeat and darkness, but with a sense of resolution and surrender through the guitar solo, a favorite moment on the record for her, because, while it started on shaky ground, coming out on the other side meant starting over and building something new. While Another One Gained isn't out until August, you can hear Set in Stone now. If you'd like to check out Katie Ian and the Drive live and in person, they play the bottleneck on Friday, June 10th. <laughs> 
More info and links to the band's music and socials can be found at katygeanmusic.com. That's K-A-T-Y-G-U-I-L-L-E-N. Here's Set in Stone.
Nicholas, thank you so very much. Um, uh, so we're sitting down here with my friend Bree, who is in town for NACACON, uh, an anime convention here in Kansas City. Uh, she writes at the Mary Sue, uh, where uh, she works alongside my wife, uh, lives in Minnesota. Uh, her and her partner drove down here. Uh, they, they tour cons around the country. Um, and, like, it is just awesome to have a couple of cosplayers around the house. Uh, there is currently a lot of outfits and uh, large fake swords and things. Uh, it, my house looks different than it normally does, and so thrilled to have them here for the weekend. Uh, anyway, uh, this is her uh, talking to me about what it's life like to uh, to live the contouring life. Uh, so uh, here we go. Bree, welcome to the Streetwise podcast. How are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Tell our audience who you are. Tell them who I am. Yeah. Okay. I am Brianna Lawrence. I am writer, author, fandom editor at the Mary Sue. Um, I think that I think about, that about covers it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's a LinkedIn. Who are you, and where did you? become who you are <laughs> who i am mm. why are you asking me deep questions when i just got here um i'm a black queer writer um jesus christ <laughs> giant nerd girl who's into anime and manga um i like talking about inclusivity and diversity and cool shit and like geek stuff and so you're a writer in this inclusive space, talking about pop culture, but you also tour the country in the space of... Anime, geek conventions, sci-fi right. cons, stuff like that, yeah. You are here uh, living in my house right now. I am living in your house until... for a couple days, till Monday. For not the first convention in the last month that I did not know about in Kansas City... <laughs> That, like, you were like, yeah, yeah, people travel the country to do this. So, like, what is it you're doing here? I am selling my self-published book. It's about... Do you all want it to come uh, to the basement? Everybody's coming to the basement. Oh, no. Is it a recording thing? Yes. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Terrence, hi. This is a good edit point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, hey, so what is it like to tour full-time... On a con circuit, what is it that you present and what is it that you, like, tour the com country to, like, show people? So, my wife and I go to conventions and we have our different book series. The big one we have right now is called Magnifique Noir. It's basically very similar to, like, Sailor Moon, Magical Girls and stuff like that. All the girls are black and queer. And so we have... The book series, we also have like art and stickers and charms and our table is mostly a bunch of like black queer girls doing cool magical girl shit. So we go all across the country to set up a table and promote our work and sell our work and just get the books out there. There are two books right now. Uh, the second book came out in 2020, the year we don't like to talk about. So now this is kind of like a redo <laughs> because I can finally take it to cons. I got to take it to... One con in 2020 before the world ended, 
So now we get to bring it to cons in 2022. So that's why I'm living in your house for the next couple of days. <laughs> well, like, you are living this incredible tract that, like, it's been so long since I've hung out with someone. Uh, like, how many cons do you do oh in a gosh. year? N- n- not in pandemic times, but when everything is oh, back Oh, before to that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we used to do close to 30 a year. And we would either... Are those, like, every weekend or... Almost every weekend. Like, we would do two, sometimes three a month. And they would either be local or, like, across the country. So you're out in Minnesota. And so, like, yeah. overwhelmingly, it's like, let's do a big travel. And Yeah. yeah and okay. so we go all over the place. Sometimes we're invited as guests. Sometimes we go as artists and we have our work. Sometimes we do panels. And, yeah, we just go all... Over the place before pandemic times, it was like I think the most we've ever done was like thirty. Everything about how cool, smart, and impressive you are. Let's throw that out the window. How is it to do thirty road trips per year <laughs> with your partner? Because I think a murder would occur in my car. <laughs> as much as we love each other, we fortunately have lots of podcasts to listen to. <laughs> And what do you listen to? We listen to, like, You're Wrong About Maintenance Phase. She oh, good. listens to a lot of, like, yes. horror podcasts and stuff. And, like, we also have learned to not try and take long-distance trips in one shot. So we'll stop for tonight. The furthest we've gone is, like, Texas, which was San Antonio. It was, like, an 18-hour drive. So we split it into, like, two days instead gotcha. of trying to do it all in one. And sometimes we'll stop and see friends. And I, I think... We also have the same, like, exhausted points, so we're both tired at the same time. <laughs> we, we get tired at the same time, so we're like, okay, it's time to stop. It's time to stop for the night, find a hotel, go to bed, wake up, drive some more. And, like, we don't drive at night because it's dark and terrifying. <laughs> at night, it is dark. That's a good rule. Uh, it's too dark to try. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the practical steps that occur within, like... So you have books, and mm-hmm. that is what you are pushing. You yep. have things that you have created. You travel the country weekend by weekend and set up shop, you and your partner. What does it take to just, like, put it together? <laughs> well, first write the book <laughs> and get it, like... Sure, okay. So a book that, needs to exist. I feel like exist. you're dunking on me in this <laughs> no, one. No. Fuck off, my God. <laughs> Yes, okay. So the book exists, and then and you then show up in a city. We, we, um, you look at conventions, you see what they're like. They usually have applications for Artist Alley. Right. So you can, like, set up a table. They all have different rules. So sometimes you have usually have to have a portfolio of some sort or a website that shows, like, your work, and they decide if they want you to come or not. Do you, do you need a portfolio that is separate from the actual thing that you have created? My website has, like, all of my stuff on it, but it's, sure. like, broken into, like, here's the writing section. So I usually send that, which has, like, a giant page dedicated to the book. Sure. So that's what I do. I know, like, a it, lot No, it, it feels like an insane question to be, like, he shows you can do, like, three pages when you have books, but, like, I, 
I do know that that is how some of the industry works. So, like, yeah. that just feels insane again to hear. And, like, some of them are, like, you have to send, like, pictures of the product that you have. And so I have, like, a I have like a folder that's, like, a convention folder to send, like, examples of what we're selling. Do you, do you ever submit, like, hey, look, we have this giant discography of stuff and get, like, a no from anyone? Oh, yeah. Why? <laughs> Usually, or are they like the black queer person, like they can't show up here? <laughs> no, it's usually like they get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applications and they only can pick like, you know, 30 or 50 or okay. something like that. And some of them have different rules. Like some of them are basically like it's first come first serve. So you have to sign up fast enough. Okay. Or like it's a lottery. So they pick a random number because they get so many applications like some of the bigger shows would get, like, thousands of applications. Sure. So they're like, all right, we're just going to randomize it and pick from there. So it's not all, like, we're looking at your work and analyzing. Some of it is basically, like, a who signed up first? You get to have a table. So it all it all varies. I mean, I'm trying to make, a, make peace with this between what I understand cons to have been in my life, which is, like, hey, there's a whole row of uh, people that, like, did a couple of episodes of Power Rangers yeah. and are now very dead on the inside, but will sign anything <laughs> you bring. And then there are creators that are like, hi, I'm the future of everything. And people are like, well, let's see. <laughs> so like, that seems like the space that you're in. <laughs> it's because it's like, there's artist alley and there's like the guest row right. where they like actually invite you, which has happened to us a couple of times, which is super cool. Every time you say artist alley, like in my head, I'm like, Oh, that's such a sad thing. And it shouldn't be, but I know that that is where I will find the people that I'm like, uh, I'm so sad to see you it's, here. It's also like they, they combine it now. So like when I used when I first went to cons, Artist Alley was like in a different room gotcha. altogether. Now they're like all in the same room. So like artists are on one side, the vendors selling like, you know, official licensed Pokemon items or whatever on the other side. The guest <laughs> the guest signatures are like on another side and they're all just like in the same space. But when I used to go to cons back in the day, they were all like in different rooms or like the guest signing is here and the artists are like in this room down the hall and the vendors are like in the room down this other hall but now they're like all in the same building and people... <laughs> and, and like some cons will be cool because they put artists like right in the middle so you have to walk through our stuff to get to the guest so it's like you're gonna see me no matter what because you want to go get that signature because i'm right because i'm right here in front of you <laughs> <laughs> okay i mean that's good it's, it's just funny good. yeah yeah it's it's and every convention is different and set up differently like anime cons do differently from sci-fi cons who do differently from like comic cons and it's it's all because we were here for Planet Comic Con like a month ago, right? And that was all within all... one month. You have been in my city twice, and yes. I just keep being like, okay, yeah. how and why? Because I barely know about either one of them. I'm like, oh, oh okay, yeah. so that's fascinating. There's like a whole thing that I think I should be a part of, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're they're all different. Planet Comic Con is like much bigger than the one we're doing this weekend and right. planet comic-con is more like you know marvel dc and all that stuff versus like nakakon is more like anime so there's more like anime stuff so okay what's your favorite marvel movie oh my god probably black panther 
Probably nope. Black. No, actually, no, wait, Spider-Verse doesn't count, does it? I mean... Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, I mean, technically that's... No, that is Marvel. I mean, I get tripped up because, you know, Sony released it. But Spider-Verse is definitely like my Oh, favorite. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hands down. No, we're on the same page. Now. Yes, Spider-Verse. Uh, so where can people find your stuff and support what you do? So I'm on Twitter at BrieChibiTweets. My website is BrieShouldBeWriting.com. <laughs> writing and i'm probably on twitter it's an all-timer it's one of those that every time i see it i just scream laugh i'm like yeah okay. should be writing.com yeah that's where you can find me and my work or if you're at NagaCon or any other con in the country i might be there <laughs> with my stuff what is your advice to young creators to so just write man just like do it like it's don't get so hung up on worrying about what other people will think of your stuff and just write the stuff you want to write. Well, that's it. Thank you for being <laughs> on the show. Thank you. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the Streetwise Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I've been Brock Wilbur at Brock Wilbur. You can find our publication at The Fast Pitch. Uh, go to thepitchkc.com where we are doing great work each and every day. Uh, this week in particular... A couple of stories that just we did not see coming, uh, <laughs> real out of left field, real curveballs that I think our, our team just did fantastic work with. Um, could not be prouder of the stuff that's coming out of the pitch right now. Um, our next magazine uh, is just a fantastic one. Uh, it's got our big summer guide issue, uh, so be on the lookout for that one, hitting stands on the first. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Please take care of each other out there kitchen and we will make it true. Thank you so much for listening. This was a production of the Pitch Podcast Network. The Pitch is Kansas City's independent source for news and culture. Check out thepitchkc.com to see more podcasts from us, including information for how to subscribe to The Pitch or become a sustaining member. Story ideas or feedback? Write to tips at thepitchkc.com. Pitch in and we'll make it through.